Rosemary and I both have a passion for teaching. Our experience with classes ranges from mentored studies with a few students to face-to-face -face classes with close to 100 students, and recently, online classes that might be held synchronously or asynchronously with classes somewhere in between. What if you wanted to offer classes to many more students who might be based anywhere around the world? Teaching at scale is a focus of our episode of Stats and Short Stories. I'm John Baylor. Stats and Stories is a production of Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media Journalism and Film, as well as the American Statistical Association. Joining me as regular panelist Rosemary Pennington, our guest today is Kristen Sinani. Sinani is a professor at Stanford University. She teaches statistics and writing, works on statistical projects in sports medicine, and writes about health science and statistics for a range of audiences. She authored the health column Body News for Allure magazine for a decade and is the statistical editor for the journal Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation and has authored a statistics column, Statistically Speaking, for the journal since 2009. She teaches the popular massive open online course, MOOC, Writing in the Sciences on Coursera, which is something we're going to talk about a little bit later. But first, you know, I, I teach a fair amount and I, I have I really hate grading. And, and <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I mean, it's, of all the things, it's, it's the worst, worst ever. But, you know, we're, we're talking to someone today who's taught a class to tens of thousands of people on scientific writing. And I, I guess the most important question, Kristen, is how do you keep up with your grading? <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. I, I know that's not the real question. You know, the real question is, how, how did you get involved in the idea of teaching this massively open online course on scientific writing? To it, what was the goals for it? And, and you really, you know, kind of what, what have you learned from this process? Right. I mean, it's a, an interesting, I mean, Stanford likes to be on the cutting edge of anything technological, right? And so um, when I started teaching writing way back when, one thing I used to do is to post all of my lectures, and this is writing for scientists, and I would post all of my, you know, PowerPoint slides in the old days online, um, and I get a lot of people coming across that website and saying, oh, that was really useful to me because there weren't a lot of people teaching writing specifically to scientists. And so it turned out that a lot of people found this useful. And so when Stanford was getting into the massive open online courses and Coursera and things, I was an early adopter of that because I thought, well, uh, this material is useful and wouldn't it be better to actually put out my lecture rather than just my static PowerPoint slides and people might find that useful. So I put this up on, it was one of the early courses on Coursera. And again, people found it very useful because there, there isn't, in grad school, you're kind of expected to learn writing through osmosis, I think. Yeah. And it wasn't <laughs> something really taught. And when I was a grad student, you know, I didn't learn a lot of this. I learned this when I went uh, and studied journalism after grad school. And I always thought, I wish I had known that <laughs> while I was trying to write papers in grad school. And so it took off from there. And then I got really into these massive open online courses. It's fun getting people emailing you from all corners of the world and saying, hey, that was really helpful to me. It made writing less intimidating to me and, and it was useful. How do you approach writing then? Since you sort of, you, it sounds like you, you know, you went through grad school, then you studied journalism and now you're teaching writing. So how do you approach the teaching of that? Um, because I'm going to steal some of your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I, my main message is, you know, try to not write in an academic style. Drop all of your bad habits that you've learned in academia. And I'm really teaching a lot of the things that I learned um, in journalism. 
And uh, my style of teaching is that I, I've pre-taped all my lectures. And so even for my on-campus students, I use the pre-taped lectures in a flipped classroom model because the two things that I teach, statistics and writing, are not things you learn in a lecture. You learn those by doing. You know, you don't learn to write by hearing a lecture on writing. So I use the class time to do hands-on. We, we write, we edit in my writing class, uh, you know, my stats class, we, we get our hands-on data. And so I really like that flipped classroom model. I, I'm curious about your, your kind of your journey, the, this, this career journey of yours, where you, you, know, you, you were doing this stat and epi stuff, and then you said, you know, I, I kind of think I want to do journalism too. You know, what, what is it, what, what led to, what led to kind of this idea of here's some, you know, here's something that I'd, I, I really feel compelled to do. And, and what, what changed in terms of, what, what insights did you gain from journalism? I mean, you mentioned a couple of them in terms of kind of sort of your writing style, but, but other things. Yeah, I think my, my career process is one of figuring out what I didn't like to do and figuring out what I did like to do. And um, I've always loved the idea of science, but I figured out both as an undergraduate and as a grad student that I don't really like doing science. Like I don't like the part where you have to pipette cells. I did that as an undergraduate, found that to be very boring. As a grad student, I ended up running a study on competitive runners because I happened you know, to be a competitive runner and it was of interest to me. And I realized I, I didn't like the part where you had to recruit participants and you know deal with IRBs. But there were two parts of that study that I loved. And one of them was that I wrote a monthly newsletter to keep participants engaged. And I found that really fun, writing about current science and thinking about science. Um, and then I loved the part where I got data <laughs> and I got to play with data. So I knew that graduating, I was either going to be a writer or a statistician. And so somehow I've managed at Stanford to do both. And I, I get to do both things that I love. That's, uh, you know, as, as someone who, who uh, started out as, as pre-med and, and had chemistry convince him that he, he liked doing the data analysis more than he liked to do data, con <laughs> data construction, right. I'm, you know, your, your comments resonate very, very strongly yes. with, with, with me as well. Uh, so, so if you're going to give a, you know, kind of a, a I'm trying to think about what I'm going to do differently. I mean, you know, you know, Rosemary was saying about her classes, about how she's going to do things differently. And, you know, we, we have certainly a lot of classes where there's data practicum or consulting kind of classes. If, if there are some, some nuggets of wisdom that, uh, for, for writing about science that, that you would extract from, from your, your course, your, you know, whether it's your Coursera course or your, your on-campus course, what, can, can you suggest a couple of things that we might have as takeaways? Yeah, I mean, some of the interesting things that have, uh, people have found useful, and I wasn't sure whether or not they would find them useful. One of the set of videos that I've published is me sitting over a, you know, a 500-word essay and editing it in real time. And I thought, you know, I'm not sure anybody's going to want to watch this. It's 20 <laughs> minutes of me with track changes. And I can't tell you really, like, the, the positive feedback I've gotten on that because it's me talking through the process and how I learned to write was sitting with an editor. And so I'm trying to mimic that, but not on the one-to-one -one level. And so, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, I've done the same thing with, with stats, which is here's a, I'm going to talk you through how I approached a data analysis in a video. And, and those, are, those are long, but surprisingly useful to people. That's so interesting because it makes this thing that feels unknowable, very accessible and transparent. I, I feel like it's when, so if I have to build an Ikea piece of furniture, I am bad at that kind of thing. What do I do? I go and look for a YouTube video where somebody did it in real time. It's the same kind of practical thing. Like I need to see somebody doing it for to know how to do it myself. Well, I mean, you, you clearly are an, an, an inspiration in terms of scientific writing. And you've had 
had tremendous impact. Th- thank you for that, 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 that gift that you've given to the, 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 the community. I mean, it's, oh, well, so. it's, it, I'm afraid that's all the time we have. I mean, that's just not fair. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, we have this great conversation. It's not, it's not fair to cut it off, but we, but we have to. So, so I want to thank you for, for taking the time to join us today. And That's in Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media Journalism and Film and the American Statistical Association. You can follow us on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, or other places where you can find podcasts. If you'd like to share your thoughts on our program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out at statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories, where we discuss the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.